Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney, Darian, and Hannah. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. Today, we're talking all about how to save money while eating well. Yeah, this will be a great discussion today. We had a lot of interest in this topic, and I know there's a lot of different tips and suggestions we're going to be going through. Before we jump in, I just did want to acknowledge that Hannah wasn't able to be with us today for this podcast recording, so it's just going to be Darian and me talking all about our budget-friendly nutrition tips. Um, So before we dive into the actual content, I did want to share how we're going to break this down. So we have a few ways that we think about saving money um, when it comes to eating well. So we're going to talk about how to meal plan in a way that saves money, how to grocery shop, um, budget, reduce food waste, and build a really nutrient-dense plate um, with more affordable ingredients. Mm -hmm. Eating on a budget doesn't mean you have to sacrifice nutrition at all, and we're definitely going to be enhancing that as we go along. So the first thing we like to consider to save money is actually meal planning. So when you plan your meals, you not only create a more thoughtful and satisfying menu, but you also save money on groceries and reduce food waste. And these two things are really important considerations um, when it comes to considering your budget. We actually did a whole podcast on meal planning. Um, So if you want to check that out, it has a host of great tips. Today, when it comes to budget-friendly meal planning tips, our first one is to be flexible. Yeah, I think it's important to be flexible when it comes to meal planning so you can take advantage of maybe ingredients that are on sale at the grocery store or perhaps ingredients that you already have in your pantry or fridge at home. Um, So I know for me, I used to be like really sticky on... um, uh, sticking strictly to the recipe so I wasn't flexible at all in how I'd adapt it. Um, but most recipes you actually can kind of play around with and use ingredients you have on hand, which mm-hmm. could save you money. So for example, if you're making a recipe that calls for almond butter, but you have peanut butter or peanut butter's cheaper, just swap it out. Be flexible. Exactly. I have so many clients who will send them recipes to create and then they um, come back in our meeting and say, oh, I did this instead. Is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely. If you had honey instead of maple syrup on hand, perfect. The second tip is to automate your meals. Yeah, so we talk about this all the time with clients. We talked about it in the meal planning podcast as well. But we find meal automation is key, definitely for saving mental energy when it comes to planning meals. Mm -hmm. I find like too much variety can be overwhelming for clients and make meal planning quite difficult. But then from the perspective of saving money, when you're automating a meal, you're more likely to reduce food waste, which then saves you money. Um, And you're kind of reusing the same um, ingredients, you know what you have on hand. Um, So I know for me, keeping my breakfast the same, um, of course, saves me mental energy, but it also ensures that all of those groceries that I bought for my breakfast get used up. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely the breakfast automation queen over here with my egg white oats. But absolutely, I think it's just like the huge 
piece is being able to just understand what you're going to have for that meal and it just reduces that decision making fatigue yeah and for you specifically it's like you know you're going to use all those ingredients up throughout the week because you have your egg white oatmeal every single day (laughs) absolutely So our third tip is to find a dual purpose for your ingredients that you're meal prepping or planning with. Um, So again, when you have that dual purpose, you know that you can use that ingredient up through multiple recipes, which then saves you money. So for example, if you buy Greek yogurt, you can use it in a lot of different things. You could put it in a yogurt bowl, a smoothie. You could incorporate it into muffins. Um, We have a few recipes that use Greek yogurt, um, or you could even replace it for sour cream. Um, So then now this tub of Greek plain Greek yogurt you have can be used in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Even things like a protein source like pulled chicken, you can use it in sandwiches, wraps, pita pizzas, salads. There's a multitude of uses. Our fourth one is to choose simple recipes. So choosing simple recipes with more whole food ingredients, spices and seasonings that you can repurpose mm-hmm. versus maybe having a really lengthy ingredient list that's kind of overwhelming and maybe ingredients that you might not even use in the future. Um, it'll just increase the likelihood of spending more money if those are extra ingredients that you can't repurpose. Yeah, especially if it's like more exotic ingredients, Mm -hmm. they tend to be more expensive. So if your priority is saving money, choosing simple recipes, um, I think can be a really great strategy. I know when I'm searching for recipes, if I find one with like a million ingredients, I'm like, okay, (laughs) next. (laughs) So yeah, we have a few simple um, meals on the blog. If you are interested in choosing more simple recipes for meal planning, one of my favorite simple recipes that we have is the recipe for shrimp tacos. Mm -hmm. So definitely check that one out. Our fifth tip is to choose recipes that allow you to clean the fridge. Yeah. So essentially having recipes that you can use up all those extra ingredients, especially perishable items like vegetables, I think is a great strategy to save money. So I know for me, that tends to be curries and soups. Mm -hmm. They're really flexible in how you make them. You can use pretty much any vegetable on hand. And so it's a great way to ensure those foods don't go to waste. Um, Other things would be like stews and stir fries. Um, Again, it kind of bridges in this tip of being flexible with what you're adding, but using up those ingredients that would otherwise go bad. So the next way we think about saving money is actually being really intentional with how we're grocery shopping. So knowing how to shop in a budget-friendly way is a key strategy, and we're going to share our top tips. The first one, and maybe the most obvious, is to make a grocery list. Mm -hmm. Create a grocery list with only the items you need for the week. That will just help you reduce food waste, avoid impulse purchases, and just ensure all the ingredients that you need are on that list. Yeah, I remember when I was a university student, I would just have no plan, head Mm -hmm. to the grocery store. First thing was like the produce section. I would have all of these great intentions of eating lots of fruits and vegetables. So I was just throwing everything (laughs) into my cart with no real plan. It led to a lot of food waste. So now um, I know for myself, making that grocery list with, you know, the recipes that I've chosen for the week is really key. Mm -hmm. The second one is to be aware of health halos. So Court, what's a health halo? A health halo is a term that 
As dietitians, we use to describe a product typically that has a lot of marketing around it. And with that marketing, there's almost like this sense of goodness cast mm-hmm. upon the product that makes it seem superior for some kind of like unknown reason. So there might be labels on the product like, you know, all natural, organic, mm-hmm. keto, low fat, refined, sugar free, kind of catching on those buzzwords um, that consumers might be called to to think, oh, this is a really good product that I should buy. But oftentimes these products are more expensive Mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily better than, um, you know, similar products. So an example might be like popcorn. There could be air pop popcorn that's all natural, gluten-free, organic. Mm -hmm. I know I've bought popcorn like that, which is, again, totally fine, but it's not necessarily superior to just air popping your own popcorn at home. So of course, like when we say avoid these health halos, I wouldn't say like avoid them if you enjoy them, but just know that there's a lot of marketing around products like this and they're going to be more expensive. And you really need to label read closely because they might not necessarily be better than whole food alternatives or like cheaper items at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Purchasing it because you actually love it. Yeah, exactly. Not just because the marketing (laughs) is telling telling you you to. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads nicely into our third tip, which is to learn to label read. Because if you learn to label read and you know what to look for, then you can identify foods that are nutritious and likely budget friendly. And you might even identify which foods are just those health halos that perhaps aren't necessarily better. So uh, we like to teach our clients how to label read for different food groups and what they might look for, like foods higher in fiber or higher in protein. So then they can become that informed consumer who's choosing, you know, wholesome foods that meet their goals and probably meet their budget too. Mm -hmm. Our fourth tip, one I've definitely fallen victim to and seem to not be able to learn my lesson, is don't shop hungry. (laughs) When you're hungry, your blood sugars drop, and honestly, anything's going to look great. So you might have went to the grocery store with intentions of purchasing those fruits and vegetables for a recipe, and you find yourself down the cereal aisle because now you're really hungry, and that's going to give you that quick hit that you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I we we often talk to clients about like timing their meals around their workout for optimal performance <laughs> and energy. And I feel like that's me when I go to Costco. Yep. I'm like, when am I having breakfast? What time will I be at Costco? Like I need to time this so that my meals are <laughs> carrying me through and I'm not hungry at Costco because that's just not a fun experience. And like Darian said, it can lead to impulse purchasing as well that might not actually meet yes. your budget. Yeah. Exactly. So as a little tip to accompany this recommendation, we like to keep portable snacks at hand. So um, for me, that's keeping protein bars stashed in my purse or my car so that if I do need that snack when I'm running errands, I have something available to me. Um, It could also be, you know, like a portable fruit, like an apple or banana with Mm -hmm. some nuts or some beef jerky. Um, So that just helps you have an easy snack on hand if hunger strikes, um, but you're out and about running errands or grabbing groceries. Tip number five is to strategically buy in bulk. Yeah, so there's no doubt that buying in bulk can save you money per unit. However, if you're buying unnecessary ingredients in bulk, it might lead to food waste or maybe the consumption of foods that you didn't need in the first place because you're just trying to Mm -hmm. use them up. So I know like in going to Costco, for example, I think it's a really great way to save money, but it is easy, you know, to buy too much produce or too much of certain ingredients. So I am really 
considerate of which foods I'm buying in bulk. Um, and also thinking like, okay, if it has a longer shelf life, that might be okay to buy in bulk. But perhaps if it's a perishable item, like fruits and veggies, I want to be a little bit more strategic. And buying just enough of that specialty ingredient to prepare just ensures we aren't investing in a large quantity of that ingredient that we aren't guaranteed to be using. Yeah. So really the bottom line here is like buying in bulk does save you money. Mm -hmm. Just be really (laughs) strategic in how you do it. Yeah. The sixth tip is to stock up on sales. Yeah. So if you have a product or staple that you use frequently, take advantage and stock up when it's on sale. Of course, you do want to make sure that it's a product you can use up before it expires or goes bad. Um, But just as an example, say you love peanut butter Mm -hmm. and it goes on sale, maybe you do pick up a couple extra tubs to have on hand. Yeah, that's definitely me when the uh, all-natural salted one goes on sale, I'm stocking up. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, this is something to be strategic with as Mm -hmm. well. Um, My grandpa was all about like saving money on groceries, and I can remember one time where he kept asking us if we wanted to eat peaches when we'd go to his house, like, do you want some peaches? Would you like some canned peaches? It's like, why is grandpa like so pushy on the canned peaches? And it was because canned peaches went on sale for 99 cents a can and he bought a hundred of them. (laughs) So that probably (laughs) didn't actually save him money in the long run. So of course, being strategic when we're stocking up on sales as well to make sure it's something that we want and we're going to use up and maybe not push on our family members. (laughs) Our seventh tip is to drop it low, and we're not talking about the dance floor. (laughs) Companies actually pay grocery stores to place their items at eye level, so you're more likely to purchase it. Um, But some cheaper items that are still great quality are often found on the lower level. Yeah, like even, for example, with oatmeal, like Mm -hmm. the brand name oatmeal is going to be at eye level, but then the off brands are going to be at a lower level and they're going to be a lot cheaper. So just look low, drop it low, like Darian said, and see what you can find. Um, Yeah, again, those items can be quite a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Tip number eight is to opt for the house brand. Yeah. So while some brand name versions of foods are definitely tastier and you might decide like, I love the brand named ketchup, for example, like I want to buy that. A lot of times um, the product is actually just produced the exact same and then labeled differently. Mm -hmm. So these house brands taste exactly the same as the branded products and are a lot cheaper. So when you're buying things like canned or frozen vegetables and fruit and even like cheese and plain Greek yogurt, these are really great options to get the house brand um, and you'll oftentimes save a few bucks. Number nine is to shop at a budget-friendly grocery store. Certain grocery stores invest a lot of money into the ambiance of the store, which is really nice. Like if you're walking into Mm -hmm. Sobeys, like it's beautiful lighting in the produce area and like some hardwood flooring. So it's a really nice experience to grocery shop. But a lot of times um, these grocery stores will be a bit pricier Mm -hmm. than more budget friendly stores like Superstore, Costco, No Frills, Fresh Co and Wholesale Club. They just really don't invest a lot into the ambiance. It's like fluorescent lights Mm -hmm. and like kind of of, you know, quick shelving. And so the items tend to be cheaper. They can sell them cheaper because they're not investing money um, in the store in other ways. So if you are on a budget, these um, lower cost grocery stores can be a great place to buy the bulk of your ingredients and then maybe go to those, you know, nicer stores for the more specialty items that you can't get at the budget friendly grocery store for lack of a better term. Tip number 10, use online ordering. 
So something that most grocery stores offer now is online ordering. So ordering your groceries online um, can help you save money because you won't be making impulse purchases and you'll only be ordering the things that you need for the week. So I know a lot of our clients really like to order their uh, groceries online and then just pick them up. It, of course, saves them a lot of time and energy, but then it keeps them um, to that grocery list and ensuring that they're not spending extra money on groceries they don't need. Tip number 11, be aware you pay for convenience. So you can save some money if you're willing to put in a little bit of work. For example, shredding or grating your own cheese um, from the block versus buying the pre-packaged shredded stuff or soaking your own beans versus purchasing the canned ones. Yeah, so I think in a lot of cases it's worth it to pay for convenience if it's going to mm-hmm. you know, save you time and you like know that that's going to work well for your family it's probably you know better to pay for convenience versus eating out but just like Darian said if you have the time and you're willing to do a little work Mm -hmm. you can save some money so that's a tip to consider tip number 12 I really like this one opt for imperfect produce and ingredients So oftentimes um, at grocery stores, they'll sell discounted foods that are close to their expiration date. So you can take advantage of those items that might be 30% off if you use them in the next day or so. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also some grocery stores sell imperfect produce. So at Superstore, they have their what they call naturally imperfect line. um, And they have some great deals on produce. So they have their imperfect frozen berries, bell peppers, avocado. I've even bought like lemons and limes before. So they're a lot cheaper, but usually like all that it is, is the produce isn't a perfect shape. So if you're okay with that, um, I think these products are awesome. They reduce food waste, which is really cool, but then they also save you a lot of money. Tip number 13 is to be strategic when purchasing perishable items. So this might be like Quartz Grandpa and the the peach example. Um, But an easy way to maybe lose money is buying too many perishable items that just end up going unused. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I used to do. As I said, I'd buy all of these, you know, fresh produce and vegetables, and then they'd quickly go bad for the week. So perishable items in particular, you want to be really careful with because you have a short time frame to use Mm -hmm. them up versus like canned or frozen things. You maybe can buy those a little bit um, more freely and know that you could use them the next week. Tip 14, a need or a want? Yeah, so if you're really wanting to save money at the grocery store, you can think carefully about what you're buying as something you absolutely need or just something you want. So I know for myself, sometimes I'll buy like fresh herbs to add like a little bit of garnish to a dish, or maybe even I'll invest in sparkling water Mm. or like zevias. And, And all of these extras, they're really nice to have, but they're not necessities. And so if you are looking to save some money, you can just reflect like, what do I absolutely need for this recipe and which things maybe I could leave behind and save a little bit of money? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your goal is to save money, it might be worthwhile to be strategic and consider when to purchase those items and how you might incorporate them into your balanced nutrition and budget strategy. Mm -hmm. So the third thing we think about when saving money on food is some lifestyle tips that can help you consider your finances um, and save a little money so you have more money than to spend on other activities, items, or experiences that you value. So our first one is to eat out with intention. 
We absolutely appreciate the value that food brings to our lives and love to eat out and enjoy tasty meals, but it can get expensive. So our strategy is to kind of save those eating out for special occasions when you are maybe enjoying it with friends or family um, versus if it's out of convenience or something just quick on the go. Yeah, and this kind of comes back to meal planning, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you, you know, are grabbing lunch out and, you know, bringing it back to the office, that might be expensive and not really a special experience. Mm -hmm. So for us, we'd rather save those special experiences eating out where we know we're going to pay a little bit more to kind of fully savor that experience. Mm -hmm. Our second tip is to make your own coffee and tea at home. Um, Of course, like if your daily Starbucks run brings you joy, then it might be well worth the investment. Mm -hmm. But you can save a lot of money if you're making your own coffee and tea. It really (laughs) adds up. Um, So this is definitely something to consider when it comes to saving money on beverages. Our third one is to take advantage of a points program. So some grocery stores have a points program that you can put towards your grocery bill or even other household necessities. So I like to use the PC Optimum points through Superstore. You can use that at Shoppers as well. Yeah, you can really rack up those points and then, of course, put it towards your grocery bill. Mm -hmm. Or I like to buy makeup at Shoppers, (laughs) but whatever, I'm saving money by using Mm -hmm. that points program. Tip four is to use coupons wisely. So, I mean, even as dietitians, we've definitely been duped buying unnecessary items only to gain extra points or to redeem a coupon when we might not need the item. Um, Coupons can be a great way to save some money, but just be sure to use them wisely. Yeah, so we definitely recommend sorting out those relevant deals and then stocking up only on the food and household staples that you'll Mm -hmm. actually use. Um, So yeah, I do have to be careful with that one because when I get kind of deep into my points program, it's like, is this a game where I'm trying to collect as many points as possible? Or, you know, am I actually trying to be strategic with my grocery shopping? Mm -hmm. The fifth one is to download the Flash Foods app. I think my parents might be a little bit mad at me for revealing their secret, (laughs) but Flash Foods is an app that you can download and it syncs with specific grocery stores in the city that offer discounted ingredients um, that are close to their expiry date or even just those misshapen produce Mm -hmm. items. So, um, for example, like my parents always buy these $5 produce boxes. Um, You can pick them up at Superstore. And they're awesome. Like you get amazing things like bell peppers and fruits and vegetables in them. And it's like a pretty big box for five bucks. So definitely download that Flash Foods app. Again, it syncs with a couple grocery stores in the city and they have some really good deals on there. Yeah, I never knew about it until your parents told us. (laughs) Yeah, they love their Flash Foods. (laughs) And our sixth tip is to keep track of your spending. Um, So oftentimes we'll have clients keep track of their food intake for us if we're looking to like adjust their nutrition choices. And this same strategy works for our budget. So if we want better insight into how we can adjust our spending to save money, tracking um, our grocery costs in a spreadsheet can bring some awareness to spending Mm -hmm. habits. One strategy to budget for the month is to take out the amount you plan to spend on groceries in cash and then use that for all your purchases. It'll just keep you more accountable to your budget and bring awareness to your spending. (music) 
So another consideration we have when saving money on groceries is to reduce food waste. And of course, this topic has kind of been popping up throughout the Mm -hmm. conversation because it really is so important. Like if you're throwing away food, you're essentially throwing away money. So if we can be strategic in reducing food waste, um, I think it's one of the most important um, budget tips. Our first tip is to invest in a deep freeze. Yeah, so investing in a deep freeze obviously costs you a bit of money up front, but I actually think it's a really great way to save money because it allows you to stock up on bulk items that you love. Um, The other thing I love about a deep freeze is it doesn't circulate air the same way as your fridge freezer does. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't freezer burn your stuff. So you can actually keep it for longer. And so um, a deep freeze, obviously, you know, you can stock up on frozen items like frozen meats when they're on a good deal. But you can also freeze items that would otherwise go bad to use them in recipes. So like you can freeze bananas and use them later in muffins or smoothies. Um, You can even freeze cooked grains and Mm -hmm. then thaw and use them later. Mm -hmm. You can freeze bread and then toast it as you need it. Um, I love to freeze leftover chili and soups and then thaw them for a quick lunch. Um, You can store nuts and seeds in your deep freeze to keep them fresh for longer. So if you are buying those bulk nuts and seeds from Costco, you'll actually be able to use Mm -hmm. them up before they go rancid. Um, I'll even freeze avocado that's kind of on the verge and you can add it into smoothies. Mm -hmm. It's actually really good. It adds a nice creamy texture. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can even freeze fresh spinach and then just throw it into a smoothie or a soup later. Yeah. What I learned this summer from a friend is you can freeze cheese, which I just never thought of. (laughs) Yeah. So if you have lots of space in your deep freeze, you can make sure these perishable items don't go to waste. But then, of course, like take advantage of some of the other tips we shared, Mm -hmm. like stocking up on sales or bulk foods. Our second tip is to portion your food. So using a food scale or cups and measuring spoons to portion more expensive ingredients like those meats, cheese, Greek yogurts, and nuts, just to ensure that you are getting the most out of that product. Yeah, so we'll often have clients learn about portioning their mm-hmm. food more from a nutrition perspective and understanding portion sizes so they're getting the nutrients yeah. they need to meet their goals. But I actually love using my food scale now more to like sh- make sure I'm spacing my food mm-hmm. throughout the week, like Darian said. So if I buy you know, a tub of Greek yogurt or a block of cheese, I want to make sure I have enough of that Greek yogurt to get me through my snacks through the week. And sometimes I find if I don't portion it, the portions on a food scale mm-hmm. or measure it, the portions get a little bit big. And then by Thursday and Friday, I'm like, oh, dang it, <laughs> I'm out of Greek yogurt. So for some of these more expensive yes. ingredients like nuts and seeds too, portioning them, that, them out just helps you get that like c- correct amount for your goals. And then you know that you have enough to get you through your meals and mm-hmm. snacks. The third tip is to take inventory. So before planning your meals, take inventory of what you already have in your pantry, freezer, fridge, and try to integrate those items that you've already um, purchased to prevent food waste. Yeah. Um, So I always like to go through the pantry and fridge and figure out, okay, what ingredients can I incorporate into a recipe and then fill in the gaps with Mm -hmm. whatever else I need to grab? The fourth tip to reduce food waste is to implement a no-spend week. 
Yeah, so if you have a loaded freezer, pantry, and fridge, you could always take on the challenge of not buying any new ingredients for a week. Um, and this is a really great way to prevent food waste and save money when grocery shopping. So I actually don't know if I'd be able to have a no-spend week. I don't keep a lot of things on hand. Mm-hmm. But I actually have a client who is doing a no-spend month because she had so many groceries. So I'm not sure actually how that went. I need to check in yeah, with I'm her. Yeah, I'm interested in that. <laughs> yeah, but definitely something to consider if you do have a lot mm-hmm. of things on hand, kind of do that clear out so that mm-hmm. you're not collecting a lot of ingredients that are going bad. And then you can kind of stock up and yeah. go from there. Our final consideration is how to eat well on a budget, but consider nutrition and choosing those nutrient-dense items. Because even though there is a cost to eating well, there are ways to save money while you're keeping your health and wellness goals top of mind. The first one is to eat seasonally. So local produce that's in season is generally more affordable than out-of-season options. Um, It's also usually at peak ripeness in both nutrients and flavor. So produce that's not in season has often been transported from far away to get to your store, which isn't necessarily great for either the environment or your budget in that case. Our second tip is to take advantage of frozen and canned produce. So Darian was saying how, you know, in-season veggies and fruits are picked at peak ripeness, so they're more nutrient-dense. But this actually kind of um, goes well with this tip to take advantage of frozen and canned produce Mm -hmm. because when they're freezing and canning them, they're also using um, fruits and veggies and berries at peak ripeness and then flash freezing them. So those frozen and canned products are often more nutritious than the out-of-season fresh options. And they're also way cheaper, available all year long, and you can stock up and, you know, put them in the deep freeze. (laughs) So um, definitely take advantage of those fresh and frozen produce, you know, make smoothies or, you know, add frozen berries to yogurt. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're, yeah, a really great way to hit on those key nutrients and save a little money. Yeah. Our third tip is to grow a garden. Yeah, so I grew up on a farm and my parents, you know, grew a lot of vegetables in their garden. Um, But then as an adult, it just wasn't something I did because I didn't have a garden Mm -hmm. in the condo I lived in. But now that I'm in a house, I'm actually really excited to grow a garden this year for the first time. So obviously you can grow really nutritious produce at home, which saves you money. And then you're also eating well and obviously like super tasty homegrown. There's just something about homegrown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Our fourth tip is to know when to invest. So sometimes it is worth it to spend extra for high quality products and other times it just isn't. Yeah. So for example, you might decide that, you know, you really value buying sustainably raised meat, poultry and fish. That's a little bit more expensive. You want that high quality and that really aligns with your values. That makes a lot of sense. However, sometimes there's ingredients that um, cost a lot more, but they're probably not worth the splurge. So one particular example that comes to mind for me are eggs. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to the egg section of the grocery store, there's quite a range in terms of prices for a carton of eggs, probably like from $3 to like $7. And so a lot of times these more expensive eggs, in my opinion, just aren't worth the splurge. So you'll often see like omega-3 eggs, which are quite expensive. And you might think like, oh, you know, Courtney and Darian talked about omega-3s on the podcast. Yes, I should invest in these omega-3 eggs. 
So what's actually happening with these omega-3 eggs is that they're feeding the chickens ground flax. So ground flax has a form of omega-3 called ALA, which is great to include, but it's not the active form of EPA and DHA, Mm -hmm. which is what we're looking for when we're talking about increasing our omega-3 intake. So if you're buying omega-3 eggs, you might be spending quite a lot more money and not really or not getting that type of omega-3 that we really want to invest in. So for me personally, I'd rather save money on eggs and and take that money invested into buying, you know, a good quality salmon that's going to have the EPA and DHA. So that's where it really comes to being that informed consumer and knowing, you know, those health halos where maybe they're putting a lot of different buzzwords on Mm -hmm. the label and and knowing what they're talking about and deciding if it's worth it for you to invest in that more expensive item or if you'd rather save your money and spend it in a different way. Our fifth tip is to use less expensive meats. So it's no secret that meat, poultry, and fish are the more expensive ingredients in our food budget. Um, So if you can identify the less expensive cuts, you can save quite a lot of money. So some examples would be ground beef, canned tuna, buying a whole chicken and roasting it, which is something I've been doing lately, um, or even pork tenderloin. So these cuts tend to be a little bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. And then if you have some recipes that uh, you love, again, it's just a great way to save money while keeping your protein intake high. Mm -hmm. Tip number six is to embrace vegetarian meals. So you can embrace more vegetarian style of eating while still getting a reasonable amount of protein in your day by selecting some um, moderately high plant-based protein options like beans or lentils or bean-based pastas. Yeah, some other options, even like peanut butter or sprouted grain bread. So when we're talking to our clients, we kind of we, we teach them about how like something like a bread is really more of a carb choice. Yeah. But then you can get higher protein mm-hmm. breads like a sprouted grain bread, which is going to help boost your protein. Yeah. So if you're pairing it with another higher protein food like peanut butter, we consider peanut butter a fat. Yeah. It does have some protein. So when these two like moderately high protein. Uh, Mm plant-based protein foods come together, it actually creates a higher protein meal. So you do have to be strategic um, to get enough protein and Mm -hmm. support your blood sugars when you're eating vegetarian meals, but it's definitely possible and certainly a lot cheaper. Tip number seven is to opt for nutritious, low-cost ingredients. Yeah, so I thought that we could share um, the food groups we talk about here at Vitality Mm -hmm. Nutrition and then some specific budget-friendly ingredients within each category so you could think about adding these to your grocery list. Great idea. So one of the first food groups that we talk about at Vitality Nutrition is what we call volume foods, which is essentially like veggies and fruits. Um, So some great cheaper sources um, for vegetables would be things like cabbage, carrots, beets, onions, broccoli, as well as any canned or frozen option. The next category is our carbohydrate. So some option, uh, great budget-friendly options would be like oats, barley, beans, lentils, potatoes, and then even some fruits like oranges, bananas, and apples. With the beans, I really like to buy dried beans in a bag and then soak them overnight as I'm going to use them. And I find it takes me or they go a long way Mm -hmm. so within our fat category some really great options are sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds so if you love nuts you've probably noticed most nuts are really expensive Mm -hmm. but sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds in particular are a lot cheaper so i like to use them in my yogurt or you can add them to oatmeal um so they're yeah just 
a way better price. Um, and you can even, you know, take that tip we shared earlier to be flexible with a recipe. So, you know, if your granola calls for almonds or cashews, which tend to be a bit more expensive, you can just sub in sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and save some money. Mm. Yeah. And then some other good budget friendly options um, for healthy fats would be whole eggs and even peanut butter. And yeah. peanut butter is going to be a lot cheaper than some of the other yeah. nut butters like almond butter. We talk a lot about protein, and that's definitely a key hitter. So plant-based protein, like we mentioned above, uh, canned or dried beans and lentils, but even tofu and edamame are great uh, moderate sources as well. Mm -hmm. Then some more animal-based proteins would be your eggs, uh, chicken thighs, flank steak, ground beef, those stewing meats, white fish, and then the store brand like plain Greek yogurt in large tubs or even canned tuna or chicken. Yeah. So those are just some very specific examples of more budget-friendly ingredients that you could work into your meal planning rotation. Tip number eight, check your insurance coverage and work with a registered dietitian. Yeah, so a lot of people actually have insurance coverage to work with a dietitian. So a dietitian can help you meal plan and optimize your meals to hit your nutrient needs. And so it's a great strategy. Obviously, you're not spending money if you have the coverage. And then we can help you save money at the grocery store. <laughs> and also, of course, making sure you're hitting on the key nutrients you need yes. for your specific goals, whether that's just feeling, you know, energized. Maybe you have a specific goal in the mm -hmm. gym. Maybe you have a body composition related goal. These are all things that we support clients on. And yeah, we'd love to meet you. So in conclusion, you don't have to break the bank to eat well. In fact, there are many ways to eat nutrient-rich foods, even on a tighter budget. By planning your meals in advance, grocery shopping with intention, budgeting, and reducing food waste, you can save money and eat well. We also wrote this podcast episode out as a blog post, and I'd love for you to go to the blog post and comment any additional tips that you have to save money. We probably miss some, and we'd love to hear them, and I'm sure a lot of other people would be interested in more tips as well. Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes, or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.